from the Pictures Out There studios, welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series with Dave Fogelman and Lee Stewart. Pictures Out There ties the future to the present and is a new approach for vision and action toward a better future. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Hi, and welcome again to Pictures Out There podcast series. Uh, Looking forward to the conversation today. Before we get into our topic, uh, I would like to go ahead and just give a very quick recap of the previous podcast. Uh, We introduced the whole concept of pictures, and we gave some examples of that. You may remember Martin Luther King Jr., JFK, John Kennedy, and Malala Yousafzai. And we also had a chance to share uh, what I'll call the landscape of the different topics that we're going to be talking about in the course of this podcast series, topics that are in the book pictures out there, and uh, some other things we're going to be discussing. So, uh, a picture. It should motivate us. It should drive change and action. A picture should reflect big changes from the way the world is today. When we talk about pictures, we are describing something that is significantly different, uh, that is ambitious and audacious. And it can be at whatever level we're applying it. The issue and the opportunity can be at an individual level all the way up to a society level. Pictures should describe our desired new world. It should be a visual, a landscape for that issue or opportunity that we're addressing. Do it as visually as possible through the words that we use because we need to be able to see that new world in our picture. Our desired picture may also include aspects of today that we want to keep or maintain. Well, Dave, thanks for setting that up for us. Before we get into our own examples of a picture, let's look at just a few more examples of pictures that have had a huge impact on a lot of people. Let's begin with thinking about Yoko Ono and John Lennon's beautiful poetry, Imagine. Imagine all the people living life in peace. They painted a picture of a global community of caring, and peace was a call to act that still resonates with so many people today. Let's look at another example of a compelling picture by Greta Thunberg, For addressing the environmental crisis of climate change, her picture is both a recognition of already established pictures done by others based on climate science and her own unique call for immediate action. Greta said, People tell me I should study to become a climate scientist so I can solve the climate crisis. But the climate crisis has already been solved. We already have all the facts and solutions All we have to do is wake up and change. Uh, We're at this moment going to go ahead and share uh, one of our pictures. And this is going to give us another example of what we're talking about and really get us flying out of the chute. And so uh, what I want to share is a picture on the matter of spirituality, religion, and God. A picture of a possible future. What if? Our global community is so different now as it relates to spirituality and religion. As a global community, we now have global norms that the two most important parts of our individual spiritual expression are, at any point in time, one, to simply understand what we each believe and have faith in, and to share that with others. 
and two, to openly support others sharing their spiritual beliefs and expressions of faith with us. Both of those two are equally important. We decided that our norm would be to not argue and debate anymore about who's right and who's wrong in terms of spiritual beliefs, and instead, we would just listen open-mindedly to one another. In the course of that mutual sharing, if our own beliefs are altered, well, then that's fine. But trying to make someone change their beliefs was never the intent of our sharing. We established this new norm, and we began to share our faith with others as they share theirs with us. We really listened to each other. And remarkably, our own faith inevitably grew and became even more meaningful. We have now become a true world faith community because of our appreciation and sharing of our individual faith journeys and the worldwide environment of faith and belief sharing that is the new normal. Now, we regularly participate in each other's religious rituals as we seek to understand and share. We regularly share belief and faith services with other denominations and other religions. Well, we tend to get as much meaning out of the rituals and traditions of others as we do out of our own. Rituals, traditions, and ceremonial observances, they're all great. They add solemnity, they can add joy, they can provide focal points and even beginning or end points. They add texture to spiritual life. As an expression of our spiritual connection and mutual respect, we periodically participate in an Islam worship element that would be viewed by Muslims as respectful. We do the same with Christian worship elements, the same with Jewish worship elements. We do the same with Buddhist worship elements, and so on. We try spiritual meditation at some point to learn from those who use that as their primary expression of faith. We seek to understand the perspectives of agnostics. Further, we seek to understand the perspective as atheists, and so on. We take the time to understand each other spiritually and our collective spiritual journeys. We unfailingly protect each other's right to individual spiritual expression. It's really simple and basic, but we now act and live from these simple truths. We understand that it is human nature to like people who first like us, and our support of one another spiritually builds bridges of friendship between us. We understand that it is human nature to want to understand people who first want to understand us, and our support of one another spiritually builds bridges of understanding between us. We understand that it is human nature to love people who first love us, and our support of one another spiritually builds bridges of love between us. In our spiritual expression, we now have a norm to first reach out to others where they live and never wait for someone to first reach out to us. We understand that in celebrating Muhammad, we celebrate Jesus. In celebrating Moses, we celebrate Muhammad. In celebrating Jesus, we celebrate Buddha, and so on. We celebrate that no matter what we each individually believe, all of these religious figures 
represent our common human quest to search for a deeper spiritual meaning for our lives. The effect of this new spiritual connection to each other was immediately powerful, and it's grown even more powerful by the day, by the week, by the month, by the year. We've stopped using religion as a weapon and as a wall between us. The zealots who used religion as a weapon have lost their power. The zealots who believed that spiritual expression was a battlefield. The tidal wave of understanding and connection washed their narrow thinking away, and this flood lasted more than 40 days and 40 nights. The people also insisted that their leaders stop using spirituality as a weapon, as a wall. And if leaders didn't respond to this new picture of the people about spirituality and religion, they ceased being our leaders. And the people got leaders who supported the new picture of the people. We now share regularly worship services. We now actively participate in the spiritual expression of others. Even while we worship with our own belief groups or congregations, we are always aware and feel connected to the other love believers around the world who tend to put love first, who choose to put love first. And we appreciate whatever they, way they choose to worship love and or their God, putting love above all other beliefs. Surprise of surprises, now our own spirituality continually springs to new and refreshed life in a new and beautiful way as something to very joyously share with others. An important movement that has happened as part of this change was the Love First movement. Think about that. Love First. This movement sprang from the desire for those who believe that love is the most important part of their faith and beliefs to be connected around the world with all others who share that specific faith belief. Individuals, churches, groups, denominations, all of them made a choice about whether to identify themselves as love believers who put love first. Many became love Christians. Many became love Jews. Others became love Hindus, love Buddhists, love agnostics, love atheists, and so on. As part of being a love first believer was publicly identifying yourself as one. If you're one of those who put love first, then you are fully connected to each other through love above all, to all of those other belief systems that are based on love. Love is your first, your primary spiritual community and connection. If someone wished to not identify as a love believer who puts love first for whatever reason, that was, and it is, okay. No one is pressured to become a love first believer. Most of us did and have. Most of us realized that this common belief in love above all was more important than dividing around our faith beliefs. Identifying as love first has not meant that these other faith beliefs have to be lessened, diluted, or ignored in any way. But it has meant that we don't allow these other faith beliefs to stand above love. And it is now a world whose primary belief system is around a global community of love. And in the future, that will lead us all to the next level as beings from across the universe come together in a universal community of love. Okay, that's a picture. 
Dave, I think it's appropriate to include here some information relative to nonviolent communication. I get this information from a colleague of mine, a gentleman named D.A. Graham, who is the university ombudsman at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. D.A. shares with us that there are four components to nonviolent communication. Let's look at them in turn. The first is observation. Observation without evaluation. Sometimes you'll hear people say, I see you. That sounds just like a cliche, but think of the profundity there. I see you. I see who you are. I see what you represent. I accept you. The second component is feeling. When we notice things around us, we inevitably express varying emotions and even physical sensations to each particular moment. Here, we need to distinguish what our feelings are about one another in that moment. The third of the four components is needs. That is to truly understand what we need of each other moment to moment. In one moment, perhaps I need your compassion, your empathy. In another moment, perhaps I need your ideas. In a third moment, perhaps I need your anger. And the fourth component is request. Simply stated as, we must ask one another for help. We can have all of the pictures in the world, some of which we can realize on our own, but most of which we're going to need others' help to flesh out and to realize fully. So those are the four components of nonviolent communication. Thank you, Lee. And we'll take some of those concepts for nonviolent communication that Lee just shared. Uh, those will pop up again in some of the other pictures that we share down the road. That's a picture for a community of spirituality. How could that happen? First, you paint it, you draw it with words, and then you can share it with other quote, painters, and you share your perspectives that are the source of your picture. Let me give you just one example that's not in here. We didn't do numbers, but what if there was an opportunity, Lee, what if there are 8 billion of us on the planet right now? What if there was an opportunity to ask every one of those 8 billion people, you know, whatever your faith is, whatever your belief system is, is love the most important thing? to you within that faith system or in your life. What if 5 billion people raised their hands and said, yes. Yes, we you put know, love first. We put love first. That's, that's the most important thing to me or the most important thing of my faith journey. What if, what if all 5 billion of those people, making up the number obviously, knew simultaneously that all of those people had that same picture, had that same picture of the world? How powerful would that be? So we share that just as an example of, of what we can do here. So we talked briefly last week about the model, the three P's and an I model. And so uh, once again, you start with painting the picture. Secondly, you share perspectives that are the source of your picture. Again, we're going to be talking about perspectives in the course of these podcasts. Third, you start to map your action, the process of how you get to from where you are today, and then you have ideals that fuel the path to the picture that you painted. With this picture in mind, as an example, the one we've just shared, we could take action at an individual level by initiating the activities we describe ourselves, or we could do that with other people. Uh, in this case, we could attempt to influence a congregation that we're a part of, uh, a denomination that we're a part of, a religion that we're a part of, to take place in, in some of these activities. We can join interfaith groups 
we can vote to protect religious freedom and diversity, and we can promote the idea of love believers, of love first. So there's uh, immediate action that someone can take and that you can describe for yourself. And uh, with any picture that you draw, the actions that we can take toward the picture, um, making it real, become clear pretty fast. We'll talk more about determining the path and ideals on which we'll choose our actions to take later on. And uh, one thing I really want to underscore here is uh, when you go ahead and have created your picture and you take that first step of action, even if there's no results to share yet, there's, there's nothing tangible as a result that you can see, that first step of action feels so good because you are living your picture and you're bringing it to life. Our, our truest life, our best life. The picture that we drew for spirituality could begin to happen now. The map for getting there isn't that hard to draw, as we've just done. And it's based uh, on the collective and aggregate power of actions that individuals take. Okay, so that's our picture about spirituality. But what is your picture? What is our picture together? Well, we'd better have one, a picture of some kind, because in the absence of a picture, stagnation or some other kind of less desirable change will inevitably happen. And it's a sure bet that it won't be the change we describe in our combined pictures. Isn't painting these pictures and then trying to make them happen, isn't that why we're here on this earth? It feels like it to us. Life can be the journey of our dreams. We should expect our best in cooperating and helping each other in our spiritual expression. Have we even begun to challenge ourselves on truly cooperating, on really helping each other? You know the expression, assume good intent? Well, how about assume a loving intent? We can paint our picture of spiritual expression. We can do it with urgency, with joy. And as Dave said, we can have fun doing it and then actually have fun toward making that picture into a reality. So, so what? What difference will it make? Why do it? I love these challenging questions, and they're the right ones to ask in terms of all the things that Lee and I are going to be sharing and discussing with you all. Why do this? What difference will it make? We truly believe that if we create an imaginative, aggressive, and clear picture of our desired future on spirituality and religion, then the world will become a better place faster. We will more quickly agree on where we want to go with spirituality as a world community, and we can more efficiently and effectively figure out how we quickly get there. Once we're determined about the picture, then we can figure out the path to get there, and there is always a path, always. We must be determined about creating a picture and then create one. There really aren't any real reasons why the picture can't work or why there shouldn't even be a picture. The human race has climbed mountains before. We choose to not stay in a world of division and separateness, but to move on to a new pinnacle of love. There's only hills ahead of us. We've climbed mountains before. We must not buy a lie that we can't conquer those hills. Now we have our segment where we very pointedly speak to future generations. Okay, we've talked about spirituality and religion. 
we've painted this picture that we believe isn't the opportunity of the future. And again, we've, we've welcomed all of the other people who are alive with us today to paint their picture. That is just as important as ours. But things are different now out there in the future. And we are sure that you are at a very different place. Here's how we expect you did it. One of the things that we think you did was you were able to separate what's really important versus the less important versus the unimportant. Part of how you all got to a different place with this was your ability to separate in the same fashion that we're talking about love first, to separate what's really important versus the less important versus the unimportant. I would say if this vision or picture of religion and spirituality was fully achieved, there must have been a great interest in the common ground, in mutual benefit, in how can we all have a better life together. Related to that would have been, you must have had a very positive curiosity about one another's individual beliefs and a lot less interest in labeling people. And I think it's that, you know, as we talk about something like uh, love first, uh, people can immediately go to, well, what do you mean by love? And part of that movement that we're imagining would say, well, before we do that, if you, if the word love and what you think of it is first to you, that's enough. You're, you're part of this movement. Yes. Then you have that joy, what should be a joyous exploration of what that word at a deeper level means to each one of us and taking joy and all of those uh, examples that would come, come uh, forth that would describe our similarities, the things we uh, believe in together that are a part of our, our sense of love. But then those things where maybe we have some differences and that word conjures up some different things or different points of emphasis. We would take joy in that. We would take joy in that discovery and learning about each of our kind of unique elements to, to what that word means and not have to reconcile it or figure out who's right or wrong. You said something there. What is the exploration of differences? It's learning. It's learning. An exploration of differences is learning. We tend to recoil from, oh, you have a different attitude or belief from mine. Well, if we joyfully explore that, we'll have mutual learning. Right. So Dave, what do you suppose in the attainment of this picture about religion and spirituality, what do you suspect that past generations had to overcome? Um, I think they had to overcome, first of all, uh, a tendency, just as you as you said, to, in a very destructive way, look for those things that are different. There can be a human tendency, I believe, to, in the course of, of getting to know another person or getting to know another group of people, we explore until we find the point that something is different. And we recoil. We may recoil. We may be afraid. We may not look at that accurately as an opportunity, and something that's a, a joyful exploration, a joyful learning, and instead go, oh, that's a reason to stop talking, to stop, as you said earlier, listening, to stop observing. I now know you, and you're different. Yes. And I think that in probably the education of the future generation's children, and in their development, and then in making sure that as adults in, in that future, all of those positive tendencies are kept. They created all sorts of social vehicles and norms 
to maintain, again, a, a very positive approach toward that exploration. Um, our future listeners, where they may be scratching their head and going, oh, why, why was it so hard? Why was it so hard for you? Why, uh, why is it so difficult for those of you in the past to, to go do this? You know, with, with the pace of the world and with our own human failings, we sometimes do get lazy. We sometimes uh, think we know it all. We, we will pride ourselves on being an expert in something, and we apply that expert, uh, expertness to things that we know little to nothing about mm-hmm. and uh, that others are more aware of. We get afraid of other people. One of those things or combination of those things, to our future listeners, I would say, yeah, the, these are some of our problems today. And some of the things that cause us difficulty and that we hope to overcome by creating that picture and then moving toward that with action. We've shared our picture on a huge social issue, spirituality and religion. Now take some time today or during the week to reflect and imagine. You might find some time to breathe deeply and relax. Let your creativity and imagination run wild. If you could pursue your boldest, most audacious, and ambitious dreams, what would that picture of your dreams look like out there in the future? It might be a picture of your own personal growth, or of your relationships with other people, or a picture of a team, group, or organization you belong to, or a picture of a social issue or opportunity that deeply matters to you. The feeling created by your imagining and creating a picture of your dreams should have no stress and only pure joy. Once you have a picture of your own and then take your very first step toward it, celebrate. You are on the journey of your dreams. Could life ever be any better than that for any of us? We hope to talk to you again soon. Until then, bye Dave. Bye Lee. Bye listeners. Thank you for joining our podcast today. For more information about Pictures Out There products, services, and communities, or to contact us, please visit us at picturesoutthere.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle at PicsOutThere. You can also find us on Facebook. Please join us for our next podcast. We hope you have the day of your dreams.